Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Background Noise. I hope to be a soothing voice while you're doing things that are actually important. In today's episode, I wanted to talk to you about a little project that I am building, a different project. Uh, I've always, I always put a little bit of thought in it. It is a time budgeting project, like how to track your time to know you are dedicating enough time to the projects that you have in mind. So time budgeting is an idea that I have in my head, um, I don't know, since I was an adolescent. And I start to read about productivity and, and saw this common quote, like this popular quote that everybody has 24 hours a day. And the only difference between successful person A and successful person B is how they use their 24 hours. Also, while reading books about like, you know, your classic, uh, your classic uh, how to make habits and how to actually do things after the excitement of doing them passes, um, it becomes um, it becomes more clear the pattern that tracking the time that I spend doing something is valuable. It wasn't so much when I had a full-time job plus commuting, but after the pandemic, well, actually I quit my full-time job before the pandemic and it was already challenging, but after the pandemic or while in the pandemic, I guess, we're still in it, I suppose, to this day. Um, we, or many of us, uh, don't have any more um, commuting, so we don't commute. I used commuting to learn, to watch videos, to read books. And another huge chunk of us uh, quit their full-time job to dedicate time to side hustles or freelancing or consulting or a different kind of structure for their own time management uh, benefits. You know, like having be more, um, be more, uh, have more control of your time. I guess this is where we are looking for. After the pandemic, it, it was a big leap, I guess, or I could see from um, many workers that decided to take that chance, that, that, that change from not having energy at the end of the day because they, they had a long commuting, they have full days of work plus extra hours, almost 
on a daily basis to now have full control of their time and deciding what to do with it. As I quit before the pandemic, and I, I was already taking like a sabbatical um, before the pandemic, and then in the pandemic, my productivity at the beginning, because, uh, because okay, so I, I, I quit the pandemic, and I, I quit the pandemic, I quit my job, I had some ideas going on, then I tackled those ideas, and my productivity was skyrocketing because I had the, um, had the habit of working in a certain um, time frames. But as time um, advanced, like, like as time passed, I lost that, uh, uh, that eternal clock of when to do stuff. And when I started to um, make consulting, um, now I don't work full time. I have so much energy, I have so much time. And I thought that just because I had it, then I will be, by default, productive. And it turns out I just regressed my, all my productivity hacks to when I was an adolescent. Because now I have somehow the time frames that I had back then when I had so much time to do nothing <laughs> and I did nothing for a long long time until I started to feel again the need to use that time the guilt of letting time pass and seem I'm not achieving my goals at all so I have to have them somewhere and I have to track them Otherwise, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just going, time is just going to pass while I am comfortable in my apartment and I won't accomplish a thing if I don't track my progress and I don't, if I don't make progress. I, I, I guess it's not tracking the progress, it's making progress. I know that I have to make progress. So the only thing that I've been tracking since I quit my job is my uh, work hours because I bill my work hours. So I always track them. Uh, it hugely, immensely helps because when I worked eight hours, I never track my time. I mean, that's a lie. <laughs> Many companies um, used to have like time tracking systems not to, not well, some to track when you enter and leave the company, just to know that you actually work eight hours. But some other, some other companies also have, have um, task-based tracking to know how much time you invest in a particular task. So they, I don't know, they have senses of, they, they zoom that up. And they also know how much to bill a client or something like that. So if you take a ticket and you say, I work for six hours on this ticket, then they know they have to charge the client for six hours of, six hours of work, especially if you're in a consultancy, when you're, you're taking tickets from multiple apps for multiple projects, 
So your your time is not bound to a particular project. So so it's better just to track the amount of time that you invest in a particular task. So it's per task time tracking. So I decided that for my billing hours, I for a second I thought about task tracking, but I've been almost always a solo developer in the projects that I take. If I'm not a solo developer, then I am extremely autonomous. So tracking time per task brings basically no benefit to me. So I just decided to relax my time tracking and just track hours by project or by client. Because I had clients which multiple projects, but at the end of the day, it's like I just build them the hours that I work for them. Like um, if they have three projects, uh, I'm still like working uh, the same rate, so it, it makes no difference. So um, okay, so I decided to. Go ahead and not uh, let any more time pass me by and decided to start making mechanisms to help me visualize and feel the pass of time. Because when you are in your apartment, as I said before, you have no responsibilities. I mean, not, not that I don't have any responsibilities, but you don't have a boss or somebody that is there, like, or a structure. You don't have a structure that is provided to you. Then everything you do is you share will. So I have like three years living and doing things just because I want to. And it sounds perfect, except that I've been really down on depression multiple times because I fail to do things at all. Because maybe I don't want to do things all the time. And I came to the ultimate conclusion that, uh, that our bodies itself, like, like our bodies themselves, they don't actually want to do stuff ever. And our, our heads, our minds, our brains also don't want to do stuff ever. Uh, they, they just want food and pleasure, you know? They, they just want sugar. <laughs> and, and it's like, that's not a way to live. I'm not ready to retirement to do nothing just for the sake of doing nothing or, or resting. It's like, we have to feel our time to avoid that depression we have to find purpose and sometimes you want to do something and then you go ahead and do it and, and it's a cycle you, you, you want to do something then you go ahead and do it and then you want to keep doing it and then you go ahead and do it you, that's a cycle but you can start that cycle backwards as well just as when we are kids no kids want to go to school like we are taught to go to school, we're driven to school, like 
you have classes tomorrow, you start tomorrow, we're giving a structure, and then we go ahead and follow that structure. And when something disrupts that uh, time structure, we crave it. We just crave it for a while. And sometimes it is overwhelming as well. And we reject that. And like people who hate Mondays because they have to start a time structure routine that they hate um, and the energy flow that they hate. So for all of this time, I've been tracking and experimenting with my own energy levels, like when, not just when I want to do stuff, but how can I make myself want to do the stuff that I know I should be doing? You know what I'm saying? I should be doing this. I should be reading this book. I should be learning this recipe. I should time for, I should see friends that I have time without seeing. I should, uh, I should do all these projects that I have in mind, like invest time on them to actually achieve whatever purpose I set myself to. Because ultimately, if we remove purposes, we say, okay, I'm going to do whatever my body tells me to do today. Probably for a few weeks, you will continue to do what you already are good at, you love. But after that time, even what, for example, in my case, I'm a programmer. So at the beginning, I, I programmed anything like for clients or or hobby projects or whatever. But if I just tell, tell myself, I'm going to program when I feel like it. Then after a few weeks, I realize I, I just never want to program. It's something my body doesn't care. Um, my body doesn't care about almost anything, apparently. He just cares about eating. And exercising and having sex and oh, <laughs> consuming sugar is not even like any kind of food like sometimes I, I notice that these feelings these physical feelings in my body that I may it, it's all about that like my body is all about that when to take a shower <laughs> you know when to go to the bathroom when to eat when to wake up, when to go to sleep. Those things are in the realm of my body and my uh, chemistry. But when to, um, when to read a book, when to learn a new skill, when to start a business, when to go ahead and invest in a vehicle that I've never invested before and I have very few knowledge those things your body will never wake up and tells you like for sure you just go ahead and do all this very difficult stuff and i just feel like it today it's like it's not going to happen if you are in the university if you are in a place where where knowledge is constantly appreciated and uh harnessed then yes, maybe you wake up in a day, you wake up 
and you feel like you want to read this book, you feel like you want to uh, learn this skill, you feel like you feel competitive as well, you want some competition, you want to be the best or something uh, or good enough at something, but you are in a system. When you're working, you're in a system. When you're studying in a university, you are in a system and you, you flow through that system. But when you are free of your time and your choices entirely, you're in no system. So everything is just your willpower. That's it. You won't do anything. Or for my case, at least, maybe, maybe I am just good for nothing. But in my case, I tested that to the limit, I believe, <laughs> to a limit for me, at least. Um, that is, if I just do the things my body tells me to do when he wants to do it. Like, if I don't want to program today, I won't program today. So I don't want to read today, I won't read today. If I don't want to go to the theater, or I want to, if I don't want to, if I don't want entertainment, then I won't go ahead and seek entertainment. And I end up doing nothing for days and days and days. You end up doing nothing, just eating, and letting the time pass and sleeping a lot. And that's just not a way to live your life because it's not only the time is passing by and you're just stale, which is a whole philosophical branch. But it's also that you're also getting depressed. <laughs> like, or at least that was my reaction. Like my mind was getting depressed because it's missing all of those dreams that it used to have is missing its purpose. It's then why, then why are we here? You know, you start, you start to constantly question existence. Because if you have enough money to just buy food and pay a very cheap rent uh, for a year, and you decide to do only the things that you want to do that year by your body, you probably will just eat food and sleep. That's all your body will tell you. Or at least it was, that's all my body told me to do. So I said, no, I guess I also have to follow what my mind is telling me to do. And then the conflict starts because the mind is not in sync with my body at all. <laughs> Like in any level, oh, but I'm, of course I'm, I'm exaggerating. Of course they are they are connected and they're synced, but not precisely. Um, they're not precisely in an intuitive way for our own minds. <laughs> they are connected in a very different way. If your mind wants to do something. Your body doesn't necessarily follow with the, the energy to do so, you know, with the motivation to do so, with all the chemistry to, to, to go ahead and invest time. 
And even if it does, your whole body chemistry runs in flows. So it resets constantly and you lose that energy constantly. And people, when they go to work, maybe one or two days a month, they're very eager to go to the office. But the rest of the days, they go by inertia. If they are late, they feel the sense of urgency because they're going to get a sanction because their teammates uh, communicate with them. Uh, because they're letting down people, uh, because they might get fired, you know, because there are consequences. And those consequences make people move. But when there is no consequences, then your body doesn't move. Then we need, but, okay, so, so now this is a very different branch. So you're fully in control of your time. You have enough budget, enough to buy food, enough to pay rent for a year. Uh, many people don't realize they may have this. They probably have this. When you factor in like, when you factor in, what if I live, like I live while I'm working, which is not a vacation, it's just eating and using the house, you realize you actually spend very little money. But if you get out all the time, if you leave like you're in vacations, of course you're going to spend a lot of money. But when you leave like if you are constantly working, like just doing things in your house, and never order takeout and don't travel every day, uh, probably the budget for surviving a year um, is already in your bank account. That's probably a thing. So I took that chance. And now that I ha don't have to worry about the financial side of it, because I, because I have enough budget for it, and I have all this time to do whatever I want, but I don't have anyone to respond to, then what is going to trigger that panic that makes us do things? The vast majority of people do things because I, one time I saw this TED talk, this very famous TED talk that was talking about procrastination. And this guy was say, saying that when we're in procrastination mode, there is a monkey and the a monkey is driving us. So the monkey is in the wheel. The monkey is in the, um, how do you say this in English? The monkey is not, it's not in the wheel. Where is the wheel? Well, the monkey is driving. Uh, and when things like pain rent, and your boss is talking to you, your colleagues need you, um, you need money, um, you need, you, 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 or you're in university and you don't wanna fail whatever you're doing or you want to be competitive, 
then at those a certain limits are in our life, in our daily life. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and when those limits um, approach, those dates approach, then the panic monster comes into play, scares the procrastination monkey, and then you, again, take the wheel of your life. What do I keep saying wheel? <laughs> it's wheel. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me Google that one. Okay, well, well, but the point is that you take control of your life. You're, again, the one that, you, that is driving um, your life. And I think that when you have, um, when you have full control, what are you going to do when nobody is like busting you out for it? Then the panic monster never shows up. Well, this also yeah, the talk talk also talks about this. Like, what happens when you have goals? on your own, like, I'm going to start this side hustle just to earn more money, but actually I have enough money for my basics, basics, yeah. And you don't put yourself in a position uh, where, where, how to say this, um, you don't put yourself in the position where the extra money is vital. So, the panic monster never scares the procrastination monkey when it comes to your side hustle, to your side projects. Never comes, so years and years pass by and you only dedicate time to systems that are in place and have a bunch of panic monsters attached to them because they have deadlines and that's how you continue to live your life and you don't get out of the uh, rat race basically you don't get out of full flowing through those systems and you want these side projects and these side hustles to help you escape those systems but the things those systems have you don't have is a system they have systems which have many strategies in place to motivate workers or users of those systems like workers or students to keep participating in the system to keep contributing to the system they have many, many strategies of motivations. One of them is deadlines. So you have your deadlines, you get scared, and you do, the, you do the work, you contribute to the system. That works when you're studying, um, when time passes by, and when you study, usually you're giving money to that system. When you start to need money, then the system which are jobs, then go ahead and they give you money. So they have all of those deadlines in place for you to keep yourself motivated day to day. And also they add 
another altruistian or more difficult to guess concept, there is money. But in general, it is a reward and you continue to do your job. When doing your thing, uh, your side projects don't give you money right away. And even if they do purely give you money, you also have to know that just giving you money is not enough. If you have a system that it just gives you money and that's the only reward for keeping you motivated, you quickly find out that is just not enough. Um, there are many instances when people acquire a certain sum of money and that does not change a bit their behavior. Um, they don't change or they do not appreciate a little bit more the system that is rewarding them for giving them money. So that's why I value and I bet there is a study somewhere about this uh, that I could quote but I have none at hand but uh, uh, I don't have proof, but I also have zero doubt that money enough is not enough for us to be motivated because that concept is too high a level. It is super high level. If the concept was like it was for slavery, for example, I'm not talking all slavery, uh, like Egyptians, um, I don't know, like all of those, like all era slavery, that is your reward is food and shelter and protection as well. Those are easily understood by our bodies. They are ingrained in what our bodies need. But if you're already providing uh, food, shelter, and security for yourself through high-level concepts as money, then more money is completely irrelevant for our bodies. So they won't chase it. And it won't um, make you change your behavior. So there are many relationships where one party gives money to the other party and that other party uh, has, has a zero appreciation for the giving party. That happens in relationships, that happens in, I don't know, let's say, um, I, I don't want to go to any specifics, but that happens in multiple uh, systems like in multiple kinds of relationships, uh, appreciation is just not gain enough uh, just through money itself. So, you might have an idea, you might execute it, which takes um, little to no effort. You might get money out of that, and if that's the only thing that it brings to the table, probably you're going to drop it because it's just 
not enough. So for the mind to achieve its own goals, <laughs> which can be translated for ourselves as complete human beings to achieve um, our own purposes, our own goals, our own um, targets. We have to make a system for ourselves to be able to go ahead and wake up and do the work. We have to borrow at a personal level, we have to borrow from other systems like institutions of knowledge, like universities, like workplaces. We have to borrow things and instaurate them in our daily life. And here is the disjunctive like, you can implement a bunch of fear-based techniques, which are a bunch of mechanisms that are going to trigger the panic monster to scary the procrastination monkey, or you do something to train your procrastination monkey inside your brain. I just Google the thing. I keep calling it wheel because it's a wheel. <laughs> it's a steering wheel. Ah, so sorry for my lack of good English again. Uh, English is not my first language. Um, um, well, uh, I decided to go with training my monkey. Okay, that sounded horrible. Uh, <laughs> but I decided to... What systems can I put in place that are not based on self-harm. Hi there. I decided to clip this episode because I recorded almost two hours and I think that's a lot to listen to, um, with just one um, huge episode. So, um, I think I'm going to do multiple deliveries, uh, try to be close to the um, 20 minute mark, but probably it's going to be somewhat below 40 minutes. And I decided to, when I finish publishing these episodes, I'm, there is just one huge voice note. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna do a, a season two where I'm going to be more time constrained and talk in 20 minutes interval or close to 20 or 30 minutes because I'm, I'm expanding ideas that are very close to two hours. I, I decided not to publish a bunch of audios that I have uh, that I recorded in this time because they are Two dance and they almost all are 
above the hour by a lot. So yeah, this audio makes sense to split it. It has the first uh, idea very well built. Uh, so yeah, hope you like it. Uh, please stay tuned for next week's episode, which is the continuation of this one. And uh, see you there. Bye.